It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Plan with Dan podcast. I'm Mark Haywood alongside Dan Betzel, the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area with an office in Gehenna, right near the airport. You can find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Or, hey, you can reach out and give the man a call. Dial 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. Dan has almost two decades of experience in financial planning. We're excited, as always, to have him on the podcast. Dan, it is summertime. Welcome into the show. Hey, good to talk with you, Mark. How are you doing today? Always a pleasure to be with you. At the time of this recording, it is shortly before Memorial Day weekend. I guess this probably won't air until June, but as it stands, it's Memorial Day weekend. The pools are opening back up, and I am actually heading out tomorrow to Charleston for a lot of good Southern cuisine for the weekend. Doesn't that sound fun? Oh, it does sound wonderful. And I I just got back from a, a great weekend in New York City visiting our daughter, the weather was absolutely beautiful. Oh, I bet it's perfect this time of it's year. It's perfect. Yeah, the, you know, all the green areas, Central Park, Bryant Park, you know, it just just was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I'm sure it was. It's sort of like in, in the summertime in New York, it's really hot. And then, of course, in the wintertime, it's frigid for months. But those few <laughs> in-between months are just wonderful up there. And we were lucky. We hit it just exactly right. Exactly right. right. <laughs> well, glad to have you back on the podcast. A pleasure to be with you, as always. We've got another good show, as always, for you today. We're going to feature a question from Gretchen. We're going to ask Dan about one of his uh, favorite movies that he loves to watch. And oh, no. <laughs> we're going to go through some famous last words of financial planning. All of oh. that and more on the podcast today. Let's start off with some of those famous last words. So we've all seen those YouTube fail videos, you know, the, hey, y'all watch this. And, you know, it's usually someone on a jet ski or an ATV and they're they're doing something really silly. And the last thing they say is, hey, watch this before something just disastrous. I don't watch those. (laughs) So no way. (laughs) Hopefully they're harmless. Hopefully no one is harmed in the making of this podcast. But we've all done that in our financial lives as well. We've you know, we've uh, gotten what's the word braggadocious. We've uh, been rather cavalier and we've said these statements and then. They've come back to bite us. And so I just want to go through some of these sayings and talk about what's wrong with them, your reaction. And if you've heard a client say this, how you maybe were able to reshape their thinking a little bit. Okay. So be interesting. So statement number one, I told myself a few years ago that I'd get out of the market if I ever recovered what I lost in 2008. But now I think I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Wow. Yeah. So (laughs) that's really interesting because obviously if a person you know, says that they probably aren't going to be my client. It's probably not going to work out because, um, you know, I really think that, oh, this, this sounds maybe a little arrogant, but I think that that I can help most people, but not, but not everybody really wants the kind of help that I can give them. So, you know, I would guess this person probably doesn't have an advisor or if they do have an advisor, the advisor is maybe uh, nothing more than an order taker because, you know, in reality, if they really had done this, they would have missed out in one of the you know greatest growth you know in the equity markets that we've known in modern time and i would feel bad for them and you know but on the other hand you know if a person really really can't take any risk or can't take any market risk and that's really what they want to do 
like I get asked this question all the time at parties and things, and I really don't get into conversations about it because it's really a very deep issue. And I would encourage them like to look at what their money could have grown to. And a little bit of risk, I think, would have gone a long way to helping this person create the wealth that they really wanted probably and needed for their family. Because don't forget, you know, if you took everything out of the market, you really aren't where you were in 2008. You actually have, you know, experienced some depreciation because of inflation. Something you said there, too, just in the middle of that conversation, but you said uh-huh. if it's the type of conversation you had at a party, and I think that's what happens with so many of these investing conversations. You're taking yeah. advice from a buddy, or you know, yeah. you're know, you so confident in your investing strategy, so you're sharing it with your friends, but it's not really based in any fact. It's all emotions. It's all wanting to impress or yeah. wanting to protect as far as that goes. Yeah, I kind of feel like, it, like me saying, you know, I haven't gone to the doctor since 2008. I'm doing great, so I don't think I'm going to go. I mean, I don't know if that's a very wise way to <laughs> handle my physical health. It's not a good way to handle your financial wealth either. Uh, well said, Dan. Very well put. All right, another one here. I like the security of keeping my money in cash because I know at least I won't lose it. Now, this one, on the surface, it makes sense, right? Yeah, and actually, it's kind of interesting because you know, with my clients, I spend a significant amount of time convincing them that they need to keep a, you know a significant amount of money in cash. Not all of it, of course, but I often people will often come in. They'll say, you know, I have like eighty thousand dollars of cash in the bank, and I want to invest it. I'm like, well, what's the money for? And they're like, well, you know, I, I need three to six months of living expenses, and then I'm going to buy a car next year, and then I'm you know I'm I'm my wife and I going to take a trip. We add all that up, and guess what? It comes to eighty thousand dollars. And I tell them, no you don't want to put that money in the market because you're going to be using it for, you know, either for uh, security purposes, you know, for a rainy day fund or for, you know, events that are going to come up in the next, you know, 12 to 24 months. So if they're talking about that, I would agree. But if you're talking about long-term wealth creation money, then I don't think this person unfortunately understands how, you know, markets work. A lot of people, you know, in our profession, we have this kind of like inside joke, like, you know, you can put it into a COD or a certificate of depreciation because, you know, you got to find a way to keep up with inflation and, you know, to at least keep treading water. And you can't do that in a bank account, you know, in cash. You have to have some risk that's commensurate with your age, with your risk tolerance, so you can have some, you know, growth at least to keep up with inflation. Yeah, so... I'd say, wow, you are losing your money. You are taking risk, just not the kind of risk that you're thinking about. All right, Dan, another famous last word here, or a sentence, rather, a phrase. Nobody in my family has lived past 75, so I'm not really planning to live a long time either. Wow. So the times I've heard either that statement or the opposite, you know, I I have a very, very long life expectancy. I'm going to work until I'm 85 or something like that. You know, I've actually had someone who just told me that not not too long ago. It reminds me of this. uh, There's an expression, you know, that you you may, may have heard of it. But, you know, man plans you know, and God laughs. And, you know, none of us know, you know, what's in the future. And with, you know, modern medicine, with, you know, improved nutrition and all of the things that we have, I mean, I know a lot of people who have outlived their parents by decades, and I can't imagine it's going to only do anything but improve. None of us knows for sure. But that certainly isn't, you know, evidence-based investing that you want to make financial decisions based on this kind of gut (laughs) feeling that you have. And I would guess that your gut feeling is probably going to be wrong. Now, this next one kind of goes right along with that idea of aging. You might find yourself saying, I won't ever go into the nursing home. I'd rather just be put out of my misery than have to end up there. That's very common. However, statistically speaking, we're more likely to end up in a nursing home than not. 
Yeah, well, this this one like is very sobering to me because uh, you know, I do have a lot of clients that feel that way. And if I can, if I can gently bring the conversation around that it's really not dealing with the issue, it, it's just, I'll be quite honest, it's kind of kicking the problem over to your children. Because your children certainly aren't going to be putting you out of misery. <laughs> They're going to want to do everything they possibly can to help you. And if you don't have a plan, then it's just going to kind of fall or dump in their laps. You know, and often it's not even in, in your control. You know, in my own situation, you know, at the end of the year last year, like in an eight-week period, you know, my mother was uh, diagnosed with a glioblastoma brain tumor. She had surgery and then basically come to us and say to me and my sisters, you know, the surgery wasn't successful. You got 48 hours to figure out what you're going to do. You know, none of us are trained medical people. We couldn't take care of of someone post surgery surgery like this and so you know she had we had no choice we had to um, go to a rehabilitation center go to a nursing home we certainly never left her but we needed that 24 7 round the clock care and so you know you can make a statement like that and i understand it you know I, i'm getting up there in my age as well and i understand that nobody wants to go to a nursing home but really it's just another gift planning for this possible contingency is another gift for your children and when i when i word it that way people kind of loosen up and like yeah you know, I, I don't want my children to be burdened with this. And we at least come up with some sort of plan. It's a difficult situation to deal with. We come up with some sort of plan in place and frame it around, I'm actually taking care of my children more than I'm taking care of myself. And I think most people respond to that. Now, finally, Dan, this last one I think is maybe the most dangerous in some ways. Maybe you disagree. But that idea of, it revolves around the idea of, I'm confident I have enough to retire successfully enough income in retirement. And if I don't, I'll just go back to work. The statement is I can always go back to work if I really have to. Maybe, well, maybe yeah. not. <laughs> maybe yes, maybe no. It all depends, right? I mean, you may be physically unable. You may be cognitively unable. You may be emotionally unable. There, there's so many things that could come into play. And I feel sorry for people that really, you know, I, I mean, I don't know people's situations, but sometimes you see people working at various places and they're elderly and you know i it's possible they're working because they want to but i think some of them are working because they they have to again that's no plan that's failure to plan it isn't a plan and once again it could be out of your control so yeah these are you know famous last words that don't work out very well and i would encourage people to think about you know not only taking care of yourself but really it's about taking care you know of those people around you that are going to be burdened if you don't take the hard but necessary steps you know to put some of these planning pieces in place so that your your children your loved ones your I, I have clients who have no children and so then it falls to their nieces and nephews in distant cities and you know and and it's uh, I hate to say it but they do it of course and they do it because they want to and they do it out of love and you know and family fidelity but it's a burden to them so I encourage you you know Go talk to someone, advisor that you trust, educate yourself, and put a plan into place because any plan is better than no plan, in my experience. And Hope that makes sense. Of course, of course. And Dan, what does it look like to get that plan in place if someone comes to you? I know you'd be happy to sit down, offer a complimentary review of anyone's situation who might just want to talk through some of these situations. Maybe you're considering long-term care. Maybe you're considering income in retirement. Maybe you're worried about your money, too much money in the stock market, or maybe you need to invest more, but you're not sure how. What does it look like just to get all of this together, organized and on track to provide you with a meaningful retirement? Yeah. So 
you know, there's a lot of education that has to go into it. And I do have a three-pronged process. And, you know, in those three meetings, you know, we deal with the five interrelated holistic issues that everyone has to deal with. You know, your portfolio design, how it's managed, how much risk is in it, how much money can you pull out during retirement. We look at taxes. We look at risk management, like the long-term care issues. We look at estate planning issues. You know, how am I going to give what I have to whom I want, the way I want, and when I want. And of course, we're going to look at the all important, you know, retirement income planning. That could be a pension. It could be social security. When should you take it? It could be how much are you going to pull out of your portfolio? Put all that together and we come up with a holistic financial plan that I think is going to put some peace of mind, you know, in your heart and your soul and is going to at least put you on the path toward having a much greater chance of a successful retirement and, and not being that burden to your family and your loved ones that no parent wants to be. Well, if you'd like to reach out to Dan Betzel at Betzel Wealth Advisors, you can give him a call. That number to call is 614-472-4510. Use that to schedule a complimentary review of your situation. Just get answers to some of your questions about your finances and uh, don't be caught saying any of those famous last words we just went over. Give him a call at 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. And of course, you can also go online to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Dan, before we let everyone go, we've got just several little things we want to go over here on the podcast Some just other exciting bits and pieces of information we've got out there. What if we kick it off with Mind Over Money? Let's take a look at some of the psychology behind investment behavior. It's time for Mind Over Money. Well, we do love prying into the minds of our investors. Well, it sounds creepy when I put it that way, but we do love thinking about the ways we think about our finances and our investing strategies. Dan, what do you have for us this particular podcast? I want to talk about a a great book that I read while I was uh, out of town last week and and also then the experience that I'm having. So at the time of the recording of this podcast, I mean, we are in the middle of like, you know, political kind of mayhem. You know, the media is is having chaos with, you know, the trade war and all the problems going on between the president and Congress and the courts. And, you know, of course, whenever it gets agitated like that, and I understand it, you know, we're human, right? And people want to react. And I start to get some calls where we call. And, and emails and, and people are like, what, what should we do in the face, you know, of, of all of this? And I remind people, I said, remember, you know, when we designed your portfolio, we knew there was going to be volatility, you know, in the market. And we designed the portfolio with that in place and it's being managed with that in place. So if possible, you know, turn off the TV and relax a little bit. And I read this great book by uh, Jason Zweig, uh, Z-W-E-I-G. I may not be pronouncing that right, but I think that's how you pronounce it. It's called Your Money and Your Brain. And he did some fascinating uh, research, you know, that you could just pick up the book or get online and, and look at some of the statistical data. And he actually is quoting from a Barclays study that found that 41% of high net worth investors wish that they had more self-control over their investing decisions. Now, this is interesting because high net worth people aren't used to taking uh, <laughs> taking orders from anybody, right? They find often find people that are going to take orders from them. And that might be the very worst thing that, that, that could happen. So the study found that this emotional trading that can happen when you call up the broker and say, sell because of, you know, something you heard on news or you say buy because of something you heard you know at, at a cocktail party but he was able to quantify that it really has cost in this study that he did over a 10-year period study cost them 20 percent 
20% in returns. And, you know, if they just could have had some self-control mechanisms in place, and he suggested that, you know, one of the things is more self-control by minimizing the time spent checking their portfolios and seeking advice from an advisor before they buy or sell. So it's just recognizing, yeah, we've been in a volatile period, not only with the stock market, but, you know, with the culture that's what's going around us, you know, uh, you know, geopolitical world, our own domestic politics. And um, this book, it just was really a wonderful book about, you know, the benefits of sitting down and devising a plan that is going to have the amount of risk that's commensurate with your age and your overall financial goals and your overall risk tolerance. And then just like flying in an airplane when you hit turbulence, to remember that the plane is designed for turbulence, so is your portfolio. And if you do that, you're going to get rewarded at the end by taking the market risks and getting the commensurate market returns. So a great book by uh, Jason Zweig. It's called, or Swag, I guess it would be, Your Money and Your Brain. <laughs> it really is interesting to think about, Dan. If you waited for volatility to completely go away, <laughs> you'd probably never invest. And remember, people say volatility. They don't mind upward volatility. They just don't like downward volatility. <laughs> of course. Nobody wants to ride the stock market <laughs> down. I mean, that's a, a given, of course. Well, thank you for sharing that. Let's take a question now from the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Well, we do love to hear from you. We take questions from folks all over the listening area here for our podcast, which really is anywhere, given that the podcast is available on the internet. If you have a question that you would like to submit to be featured on the podcast, you can do that by going online to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Submit your question, and who knows, you too could be on the Plan With Dan podcast. Gretchen writes into us. Gretchen is in Canal, Winchester, and she says, I inherited a lot of stocks and mutual funds from a relative recently. A friend who trades stocks told me that I I'd have to pay a ton of taxes because we don't know the beginning price for these investments. They're old and weren't tracked then, I guess, she says. So the friend said it would all be treated as gains and I'm going to have a huge tax bill on my hands. Does this sound right? Oh, it's a great question, Gretchen. You know, and um, you know, I practiced estate planning law for uh, quite some time. So um, as a general rule, if I take your facts as everything is exactly as you stated, I got some good news for you. Because when a person passes away, stocks and mutual funds get what we call a step up in basis. So whatever the value of that particular stock or mutual fund was on the, the date that your relative passed away, that's your basis. And you only have to pay taxes on the gain from that. So now, but your friend may be right because if these, for example, are held within an annuity – then it could very well be that you would not get that step up in basis that you're hoping for. So um, it's a great question. And I think generally speaking, stocks and mutual funds get a step up in basis, but not always. So I'd encourage you to speak to a, a CPA or an estate planning a tax attorney in your specific situation. But that's a great question. And, um, you know, you weren't asking about annuities, but this is another reason I'm not a big fan of annuities for estate planning purposes, because you don't get that step up in basis. But I hope that it works out for you. So good luck with it. Thanks for the question. A great question. Thank you certainly for writing in, Gretchen. Again, if you'd like your question to be featured on the podcast, just go online to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Now, Dan, before we leave, it's time to get to know you just a little bit better. 
Oh, boy. It always makes me nervous. <laughs> It's getting to know you time. Well, we do love to get to know you, Dan. We love to bring out your personality on these podcasts and let it shine through. The producers, you never know which direction they're going to go in with the questions. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's meaningful. This week is, well, pretty straightforward. Do you have a favorite movie that you could watch and rewatch and rewatch? Just one? I think just one. I don't know that it's a favorite. I don't know. Maybe maybe not favorite overall movie, but favorite one that just anytime it's on TV, you're going to watch. Ah, so I'm thinking I, I should maybe like give you a law school response where, you know, the first thing you do is like rip the question apart. Like why that's not a good question. But I, I, OK, I, I won't do that. So but I do have a couple. I love to watch, you know, the whole Matrix movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love I loved the Matrix. I mean, I just that fight was- sequence on the uh, on the freeway. I could watch that all day. Yeah, I, I think philosophically it was just so fascinating to me. You know, um, anyway, I just I, I thought it was great. I also like, you know, I, I think one of the questions you asked, like, what would I want to do for a day? I, I always wanted to. I always thought I wanted to be like a, you know, a seven forty seven pilot. Oh so yeah, I liked, we talked about I liked, that. Yeah. I like Top Gun. I like Top Gun. So I'm giving you two already. And I also this one is is my wife and I every year around the holidays she likes to watch and I like to watch it with her we we like to watch Love Actually have you ever seen that movie Oh yeah the British movie uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess I gave you three right I snuck in three <laughs> The Matrix Top Gun and Love Actually Okay what about <laughs> so for me a good one is Forrest Gump I don't oh I do like I, I like that one too. If that thing yeah. comes on TBS I'm gonna drop my Friday night plans and watch Forrest Gump. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that was a good one as well. Always yeah. classic. Well, Dan, thank you for sharing, and thank you for being with us on the podcast. As always, we enjoy your input and just the opportunity to dive into some of these complex topics. Thank you, Mark. We'll do it again next time on another edition of Plan with Dan. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.